Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Welcome again to another of our marketing interview series with the Marketing Tech Blog. I am Douglas Carr, the founder of the Marketing Tech Blog. And we are incredibly excited to take uh, a snippet of time out of this gentleman's incredible schedule. Uh, we have online with us Brian Solis. Brian, welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and read your, uh, your incredible bio off of your site. Uh, for those of you who uh, are under a rock and have never been to a marketing conference, and don't know who Brian Solis is. <laughs> Brian is a digital analyst, anthropologist, and a futurist. Uh, in his work at Altimeter Group, Solis studies the effects of disruptive technology on business and society. More so, he humanizes technology's causal effect to help people see people differently and understand what to do about it. He's an award-winning author, which we're going to talk about today, and an avid keynote speaker who is globally recognized as one of the most prominent thought leaders in digital transformation and innovation. That was a lot of syllables, Brian. <laughs> it sounds so well written. I, I think I did a pretty good job, didn't I? <laughs> well, I, I, I can't tell you. I, I met you uh, I, in passing. You were doing a keynote. Out, oh, it was either... Maybe it was a web trends event or maybe it was social media marketing world. I'm not sure which one. And um, and just saw you and was dazzled by your polish and, and how much effort that you put into your keynote. It was it was obvious and uh, was excited when you had written an email on, on announcing the pre-launch of your latest uh, book. And I, it's more than a book, I think, now. Um, but But your new book is X the experience when business meets design. And this is um, on topic with some of the writing that we've done on the Marketing Tech blog, and I can't wait to dig in. So uh, maybe first, Brian, talk about uh, yourself, how you, how you got started in this industry, and then, uh, and then we can talk about, you know, what, what prompted you to, to write this incredible, uh, writing is a bad word, designing this incredible book. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. That's a story. So the the long story short on this on this one is uh, I stumbled into digital marketing uh, when I moved to Silicon Valley as an aspiring programmer or technologist. You know, I just had this this aspiration of just being in tech. Grew up in Southern California, moved to Silicon Valley in '96, uh, and. <clears throat> You know, one of the things being passionate about technology that I immediately learned was that Silicon Valley had a problem with marketing itself. Uh, and not that I wanted to get into marketing, but it just dawned on me at how very little Silicon Valley understood the people it was designing the tech for. So I made it sort of my own personal passion to change that. Uh, and it was just, it was a whim, if anything, uh, and it turned into a whole career yeah. uh, where you know, the whole advent of what engagement, digital marketing, uh, what eventually became social media, what then also led to mobile uh, and ultimately experience architecture was this this notion that if you took a people first perspective, you could actually design 
not just better technology, uh, but just better experiences. So this is um, this is a many, many, many years in the making, but it just it changed everything. Uh, and it's the it's the same boulder I've been pushing up the same hill, uh, finding different ways to help people sort of attack their their work in, in, in successful ways. But the one thing that I've noticed is that it's just a matter of changing perception from the, you know, at the decision level. Uh, and that's really what we're all trying to do. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, everything that we're doing now from a marketing standpoint, omni-channel, whether it's nurturing, you know, through email, whether it's, uh, it's even, even SEO nowadays, right. Is, is you've got to capture that person's attention, not just, you know, not just rank up their high. And, and we, we see it with content. You know, we, we see an incredible amount of clients struggling and, and, and in my words, they're, they're writing crap and they're, they're wondering why, Hey, we're producing so much crap and we're not getting any results, (laughs) 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 you know? And, uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's, we're back to working hard, which is what I love about this industry. And that's that more, marketing is hard work. It's really hard work. And uh, I love that, you know, you're people focused because that's, that's, that's exactly what we're trying to do is understand who your audience is, understand what they're looking for, and then provide that, you know, uh, and I love that you're going down this route experience. Um, so, so, so I, I, I read, I think I've, I think I've read all of your books, um, loved engage, uh, and then, and then we, like I said, we pre-ordered your newest book, X, the experience when business meets design. And as soon as I opened it, I said, wow, this one doesn't go on the bookshelf. This one goes on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, 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 and I mean it, you know, so, so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, maybe going from, a, a typical, you know, your typical marketing, uh, and I don't want to say typical, like you write average material. That is not what I mean. But, but the, the, the typical experience of reading a book like with Engage um, to this new style uh, book that you've written. Well, uh, I love that, that you said you'd put it on the coffee table. Um, you know, because look, like you said earlier, the battle for attention is, is, paramount right and it's also much more difficult than ever before we have so many screens our attention spans are so thin uh, or focused depending on how you want to look at it uh, but also easily distracted by the next thing so what you're really doing is trying to not just compete for attention but understand how to be relevant and how to be relevant in the moment and then how to be relevant in the moment in a in an intuitive way on the device right uh, in the context of that setting, so that sounded like a little bit uh, marketing speak there, but really what you what that was was just sort of a funnel of thinking to help you focus on the people that matter, right? Because there is no one audience, and I think that's where marketers. And mm. by the way, this is uh, just just for the audience listening. Uh, this isn't a book about marketing. This is a book about experience design, right? So marketing is one element of it. Uh, right. The, the design of the book was really not my way of saying, Hey, I don't want to be on your bookshelf, but it was my way of saying, how can I possibly compete for attention? Tell you that you need to do things differently, tell you to take a people first perspective and then put it in a book format. (laughs) And it's just somewhere along along the way, the irony just set in and said, I, 
I can see the Amazon reviews now. <laughs> so, Ryan writes typical book on exceptionalism. <laughs> so I spent uh, three and a half years not just writing this book, but looking at everything from UX to UI to attention spans to uh, behaviors in terms of how we use screens, apps like Tinder and Flipboard, uh, and really just was inspired to rethink what a book could be in a digital world. So the easy way to do this would have been hire some designers and create the most amazing iPad app that no one would ever really talk about. Uh, or take all of those incredible insights to demonstrate what I'm asking you to do, which is reinvent things for a new economy. Right. And what better way than to use the book in a meta perspective than to teach you using the book as the design and then tell you the story of how that came about in the book. And, and before I kind of conclude that thought, I couldn't have done this without the folks at Mechanism, which uh, Mechanism with a K, uh, longtime friends, beautiful advertising and design house uh, in New York and in San Francisco. And they helped me take on this challenge. And the first conversation we had in, in the conference room as, as we were putting this together, because the design started while the book was still in development, was this cannot be a book at all. And I remember the designer thinking, oh man, what did we sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party, because Sunday dinner's moved outdoors, because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower, and because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore At Home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At Home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin-area At Home superstores today. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Well, Brian, one of the things that I've noticed about the book that's uh, intriguing to me is that I, I feel like um, the way that buyers or, uh, you know, readers are even reading the web right now. I, I've always disagreed that people don't, I, I hear a lot this, people don't read, people don't read, people don't read. And, um, and whenever we've written exceptional material, we've seen people just dive into it and just really engage with, with the brands that we've, we've written for. What I, what I do tend to say is that people tend to, um, they're not going to waste time. So they, they tend to go from a hundred thousand foot view. Um, and if they don't like it, they move on. Um, uh, if they like it, then they'll go to a 10,000 foot view and, and they continue that all the way through, you know, let's say even, you know, reading an entire book. And, and what I like about what you've done from a experience standpoint with the book is exactly that. If I want to, you know, open up the, uh, the, the chapter layout and just jump to a section, I can do that. And I can do that without having read all of the preceding sections. And then if I want to just flip through the book 
and look at the highlights of the charts and statistics and the imagery, I can do that. But if I want to take a deep dive, then I can sit down and, and read it word for word uh, and really capture all of the information that you're providing there. And, um, and I, we, didn't, we didn't, of course, talk about before the, uh, before the show, um, but that's one of the purposeful experience uh, things that I noticed with the book that was quite amazing. Well, thanks. Thanks for saying that. You know, it's all, it's all intentional. I mean, not not to sound silly, but it's all intentional in that, you know, we didn't look, look, here's like the super honest, you know, for everyone listening, it it was, it was such a struggle. It wasn't easy. the, The amount of time it took to really rethink this, it was really inspired by not just what could a great book experience be, but it, it had a deeper purpose, right? So when you look at how digital is affecting us, we look at our phones some something in the neighborhood of 1,500 times a week, right? And we're not looking at phones to make phone calls. We're, we're looking at phones to to date, to update social networks, to see what people are saying about us, to share pictures, to share our world, to share the worlds of others and to, to stay connected, right? And that, you know, at 1,500 times a day, you know, which could divide up to, on average, according to some reports, it's 177 times per day, <laughs> that you're slowly reprogramming and rapidly reprogramming your brain in what captures your attention, what you retain, what, what, what touches you, you know, beneath the skin, and the experiences that you want to have and share are ultimately influenced by that behavior without you knowing it. So the, the the concept of putting a book in front of you wasn't just ironic. It was it was going to be notably ineffective if I was going to try to make the point of experience design. So I really, really, really was inspired by education and learning and, and started to think about, well, you know, kids today are automatically programmed differently in the way that we're programming ourselves, you know, us as older <laughs> generations. Uh, so how could we expect them to learn using the same processes that we used to learn all those years ago? And it's the same for customers. It's the same for employees. We're putting them through all of these arduous processes and, and paths to do things that just aren't intuitive, natural even. So when I thought about what could a book be, I used the teenager in high school as sort of my, my go-to uh, persona uh, and looked at how long can they focus, right? Uh, when I started this book, which, you know, three and a half years ago, the average uh, attention span of a, of a teenager doing homework before they reach for their phone was six minutes. Uh, at the time that the book was nearing completion, it was under a minute, and <laughs> and, and uh, at the same time, it was also, um, you know, I was learning that some kids are FaceTiming with their friends and doing homework together, so the stat just didn't even count. Right. So how can you put, you know, what oh, average business book is 60,000 words, you know, with, with an occasional graphic here and there. How could I, how could I possibly you know, tell this story in that format? So I took the challenge to figure out what a book could be in high school uh, that would feel natural, that would promote learning, that would be much more intuitive for the reader uh, or the user, 
Uh, and what it is, is it's an analog app, right? So there is no table of contents. There are shorter chapters. There's, I had to relearn how to write sentences to, to have greater bursts, you know, to, to permeate, right? To get, to cut through everything and to teach resonance uh, and to also promote page turning. Uh, I translated paragraphs into graphics uh, that to promote visual learning. Uh, there's a lot of white space in there uh, and also uh, uh, Blank space yep. too, uh, so that you feel a sense of relief uh, as some so time to re refresh and recharge before moving forward. So it's um, you could read it left to right, as we joke, swipe right, uh, and or you can just read it in verse. And either way, it, you, you get you get through it with a deeper understanding. And of course, people you know people will probably have to reread certain things because there is some pretty gnarly depth. To sure. experience architecture, but um, the whole the whole concept of this approach was not only what took so long, but it was it's just evident in everything we do. And and I use the examples of you know look once you start to think this way, you start to challenge convention everywhere. Like look at the remote control for your television <laughs> yeah. or the, uh, the 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 diskette in Word that you click to save on every day, even though you haven't seen a diskette for, I don't know, 10 years or, or longer. <laughs> you know, and right. You start to think, wow, ev everything could be redesigned to be relevant in today's world. Ah, you're, uh, it's, it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant uh, observation. And it's, we, we had written uh, a while back about atmospheric marketing, which was, you know, and then and and you speak to this in the book uh, quite a bit. But um, in the 1970s, I think there was a gentleman that you know he he started to rethink retail, and he started to and he noticed that when he designed stores in certain patterns, that he could actually increase the you know the value of each purchase decision, uh, as well as the overall you know uh, traffic that was in the stores and and it transformed you know the mall and it transformed stores as we know it today and and we're continuing to see that today but I, I feel like on a in an online world one of the things that people really miss out at with this brand experience is that we tend to contain our experience only to let's say the purchase funnel and and um, and so we, we have these incredible, um, smooth companies with brilliant marketing that you slide right in. Um, but then when you call customer service, it's a nightmare <laughs> and it's, oh, yeah. you know, you're navigating trees. And then when you, you try to pay your bill, it's, you know, 14 clicks and, and terrible password, you know, strength meters and, and all that. And I, and I, I always go to these companies and I'm, I'm amazed that, you know, they saw the ROI from a design aspect. They, they understood that they needed to have this incredible sales and marketing experience, but then they didn't complete that experience across their entire uh, company, you know, from A to Z. And, um, and I, I love that your book really takes that on that, Hey, this isn't just about your sales and marketing. This is about, Everything, store design, layouts, app layouts, you know, device layouts, um, every little element needs to be designed um, to make it a wholesale experience. And of course, you know, you speak about Apple throughout and, and I'm a fanboy. And that's one of the things that I love about Apple is I, I think they really try hard, whether I'm 
whether it's an invoice that I get from the store um, or whether it's, you know, the opening up the box, it's a unique experience. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I dedicate a chapter. Um, we'll call it chapter, but section 8.1, which even even the uh, the naming conventions, if you noticed, were uh, hyper hyper contextualized so you'll see like 1 2.0 3.1 3.2 which were ways of breaking out longer chapters into complementary concepts so that you have to read a 4000 you know 5000 word chapter right point <clears throat> you could break it out into smaller chunks uh, for the burst of attention that you had and in section 8.1 i did i think it's the largest chapter of the entire book but you know, just this is going to be a little bit of a longer answer, so, but I promise it'll be very interesting for everyone listening. Uh, there, this is a big, this is a big sort of turning point in the book where everything sort of comes together. At the beginning of the book, we talk about how customer experience, user experience, brand experience, all of these things are just sort of really, really amazing disciplines of which they don't in today's environment unfortunately don't work together as often as they should. And I come up with this simple formula, which is UX plus, well, it's BX plus uh, UX plus CX equals X, right? And the book is simply called X because of experience. It's the one thing that they all share, you know, is the letter X. So that's where the name comes from. Just focusing on experience. When you look at human experiences and you design for humans, all of these disciplines should be coming together, uh, and <clears throat> we all we all talk about Apple. Apple has the best experiences, or we'll say things like, you know, Zappos has the best customer service, or Nordstrom's has the best customer service. Uh, but we, if you ask ten people what experience is, you're going to get twenty different answers uh, because there isn't this. This is another reason why the book took so long, because there isn't this common standard for experience. Uh, and I thought when I was going to write this book that I was going to be sourcing a lot of insight from individuals around experience architecture. Because why doesn't this? You know, why wouldn't we think about it like that? Uh, and it turns out there's there's very little thinking at this around a, a holistic level where you can actually put your arms around what an experience is and how to design one. Uh, and when we talk about how Apple makes amazing experiences or they make great products or Apple is the go-to iconic brand uh, around experiences, and then you say, all right, tell me why Apple is the best experience brand or why Apple delivers the best experiences. And again, you're going to get just a flurry of diverse answers, which are all good things. But in the, the sum of it is the answer. Right. So that's the importance about experience. It's not any one thing. It's the sum of every emotion or reaction that you have in each moment together. Right. So here's the thing. I actually went and looked at the Apple universe specifically around the iPad because the, the book was designed uh, around the, the shape of an iPad Air 2. Uh, and thought, well, how how meta and appropriate would it be if we looked at the design of not just the iPad, 
but the entire iPad universe, right? What did Apple do specific to the iPad to make it Apple? And so I reverse engineered every aspect of it from the, from not, let's not start with the product. Let's start with the marketing and the storytelling and the, the, the copy, uh, the website, uh, the, the video content, the, uh, the, just every aspect of how it told you the iPad story. Uh, then if you were compelled based on all of that, what, what the next step would look like from purchasing it, whether you went online or you went to the store. Uh, and documenting all of the all of the things that happened throughout this journey, and then if you talk to a rep, uh, I found job descriptions for for geniuses or specific to the iPad and what what they were asked to do, and then also training manuals and how they were trained to deliver that story to the box, right? So then let's say you buy it to the box design. The box is designed around a story arc. This was some, this was incredible insight that I found. There was a guy whose job it was to open boxes <laughs> to figure out the right box story, the part of the story the box plays, to if you had a problem, to if you wanted to share your experience, and then mapped it out uh, to in, in an experience map, I found all of the things that Apple did and put it into to a storyline for you to show the exact experience architecture Apple used to market and sell and support its iPad. And it was brilliant so that you could see to not just the extent that Apple does it, but in a very simple way as a framework, here are all the things you need to do to create an experience. Uh, and to the extent that people want to do that, it's possible. It's all possible. It just takes number one, you know, putting it into a process, but two, also a different team, a different, you know, a different system, uh, a different way of working and collaborating that then exists today. Because earlier when you talked about the funnel, that's how most businesses are designed. But here we talked about a universe, an ecosystem that had to be supported by a common thread. And that thread was designed and enforced and reinforced. So everything about that was working together rather than working disparately. So it it was in of itself, you know, uh, an, an aha moment to say, oh my, good, my goodness, this is exactly why Apple is Apple. But then also you, you see the challenge in how you would design your organization or your marketing infrastructure, or your product infrastructure, just your business overall to be like that. But then that's why I did the book the way I did, because I too had to go fight the fight. Yeah. Hey, it's not just a design book. It's let's reinvent the entire process of designing the book and getting a publisher to come along with that. I mean, we're talking different printing processes. We're talking different paper. We're talking about different supply chain um, partners in order to get the book at a uh, at a cost point that wasn't a hundred bucks. You yeah. Know? So yeah, and we also had to expedite the the printing process. So we needed an entirely new system. So I went through a similar process in what I was asking you to do all the while documenting it to expedite it for you. And it was painless too, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, in fact, my, uh, my next book will be called paper, uh, paper cuts and broken hearts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. 
old-fashioned emergency hotline. Help! I took the kids out to get a gift for Mother's Day, and now they've gone bonkers and spilt milkshakes all over themselves. How am I going to get them cleaned up and get a gift in time? You need to get to Old Navy Stat. Now through May 19th, kids and baby clothes are up to 50% off. 50% off? Yep, and today only they're having a Mother's Day sale. With 50% off all women's and girls' dresses, shoes, and accessories, plus $12 cardigans and $6 scarves, get her something she'll really love. Thank you. Don't thank me. Thank Old Navy. Valid 5-1 to 5-19. Mother's Day sale valid 5-7. Select styles. Certain restrictions apply. See store for details. Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Obviously, the, 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 the hard part with a book is... There is a published date, right? And and so you you do have to hit uh, market demand and everything else. But but companies, you know, obviously the iPad, you know, has a release date and everything else. But companies do have an opportunity to change over time. And I I noticed that even Apple, you know, you know, people will uh, I I love the haters out there. You know that that anytime anything goes wrong, let's say it's Apple Maps, you know, goes wrong. Um, you know, that they just scream from the top of their lungs because this perfect company, you know, and it's not a perfect company, but what they aspire to be is perfect. And so they, they do take a look at every aspect of what they're doing and try to improve it over time. And I think that's an important lesson to companies too, is, you know, this isn't a one-time um, get everything perfect, you know, and, and release it. But this is a time to, you know, put 100% of your resources in it, set some goals for yourself, and then continue to improve after, after you, uh, you know, you put something out there as well, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. That's, and therein lies a the challenge is that the book, you know, it's, it's funny because when you go through the marketing of the book, uh, you you get a lot of folks that say, well, we don't write about books, uh, or we don't review books, uh, and you, you your heart just sort of sinks because you you put so much love and attention and just so much of yourself into it that you need people to know about it. Otherwise, it's a you know it's 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 a pointless exercise. Uh, well, not pointless because I learned a lot, but at the same time, you want to share that insight. It's, it's one of the reasons why I do what I do. But I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this now. I mean, you know, I appreciate your support and 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 bringing me on the show. And, and at the same time, you know, when I when I finish this, I got to go figure out why 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 isn't everybody talking about not just the the book and the the idea of reinventing the book, but why aren't we challenging ourselves to look at all of the possibilities and all things we do yes. uh, because it's a, it's a bigger conversation than just the book. The book is just a catalyst to have that conversation. Uh, but I, that <clears throat> that's going to be the thing that keeps me up every single night is that I, I can help people make an impact within their organization. It's, it's not just about experience design. It's how to bring about design thinking, how to, shift people's perspectives, how to get people to see things in ways that have been holding them back, uh, to be, to, to be, to want to be more relevant, to, to want to be more empathetic moving forward. Uh, cause, cause even though the book is a book, you know, and I'm supposed to try to sell a bunch of books and even the book, even though the book has a theme and topic, 
You know, what it really does is it forces you to step outside of the role you play in whatever it is that you're doing to see the world through the eyes of someone else. Uh, and that, that too was a challenge, right? It's, it's meant to deliver empathy. Uh, and that's, that's, that's my, that's my big passion point. I need, I need to figure that out, how to, how to get that over, over the arch to get people on board, because this is a movement, right? This is, this is something that this book or, or whatever books or whatever movies or whatever work, you know, we're all trying to do something together. And that is change the future of how businesses do business, change the, the, the future of how people work, change the future of how communities are built and why. Uh, and that, that's something that's just never ending. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's, um, it's risky too, right? And, and a lot of companies are risk averse to that. You know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure part of your, you know, your thought process with the book was you had to sell it internally to all of those game players, right? I'm, I'm sure that Wiley didn't just want to go out and totally dynamically change the way that they were printing a book. Um, right. I, I mean, I, I, I think that's in, and that's what we see with companies is that they want to be different, but then they don't want the risk associated with being different as well. And, um, and I mean, kudos to you, you, you took the risk and, uh, and I'm sure you'll reap the rewards of it, uh, because this is, and it's an evolution. Your next book, I'm sure will be, a um, a closer, you know, experience to that perfect, you know, empathetic viewpoint, you know, um, you know, than, than this one. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's astonishing, you know, I mean, uh, I, I really, for people that are listening, please go to Amazon, uh, and, and please look up Brian Solis's book, uh, X, the experience when business, uh, meets design. And, and I'm, I mean, just flip through the front pages that are available, uh, on Amazon, and you're going to see the amount of effort that went into producing this. Um, I hate calling it a book, Brian. <laughs> oh man! Well, it's yeah. Well, I call I I have fun with it. I call it an analog app. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. The um, yeah yeah. I did take a risk, and yes, I did. Uh, I did have some very interesting conversations with Wiley. Part of the backstory too was. When I started the book, you know, first recognizing how difficult it was going to be to to get source material for it, and then realize at some early point that I was going to have to create it, and having these great ideas around design, you know, the I will say that Wiley was actually very supportive, and I think that's awesome. They were they were supportive in that you know, had I come to them as a new author, probably would have they would have laughed me out of the room. The you know coming off of engage and the end of business as usual. For those who've who've not read those books, you will you would have seen slow design right. enhancements. I uh, totally agree. Between that, right? So engage, w the first experiment was hey at reprint, let's not reprint, let's write an updated version of the book, uh, so that we can continue the, the evolution as this thing was changing. You know, in terms of marketing and social and, and real time. And we came up with uh, Engage 2.0 and got a different cover. And uh, it, the, it was almost an entirely different book, which I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, and with End of Business as Usual, we started to experiment with color and graphics. Uh, and 
then when I started writing X, the publisher was so on board with it, you know, Shannon and, and Matt and company over there, they said, you know, we think the concept of X uh, might be a little, a little too extreme following end of business as usual. Could, could you consider writing an ebook so that we could release before Oh, as a, interesting. As a, as a bridge. So they not only were up for the challenge, they, they issued a challenge back, uh, back at me, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. And at the same time, I was having, I was, you know, I, I had an incredible case of avoidance behavior syndrome. I mean, it was, it was so challenging to come up with concepts around experience to, to deeply analyze what made great experiences and how to recreate them and how to create them that, uh, I realized the whole point of an ebook would be what if you could turn that into the print book? Uh, and this was the story of how what's the future of business came to being was I could write that book, bridge end of business as usual to X, almost like writing the Star Wars you know series backwards, and then start to experiment with some design concepts that I had already learned. Uh, to test out the market, test out the printing process, and see see how how people respond. So, what's the future of business was written, uh, and the design of what's the future of business, aka WTF, was uh, based on some of the principles that were going into X at the time. So, uh, one <laughs> it was hilarious, but yeah, WTF uh, and the lessons learned with X. Uh, in development were how we got the publisher to slowly transition uh, along the way. Um, but I will say that the, you know, the conversation was, it wasn't all that seamless. But at the same time, when you look at how the market reacted, I, I, I was fascinated that everybody said, oh, look, a different design. It's a different shape. It's full color. And I watched all the publishers, you know, react to that by letting their publishers uh, or letting their authors have similar, you know, designed books, right? Yeah. Uh, suddenly the coffee table business book was a trend, but it wasn't, you know, the the one thing I had and the advantage over to everybody else was that this wasn't a coffee table book. It was an analog app. Yeah. Uh, and we took those insights and those, and those learnings and applied it to X and the publishers. They were incredibly patient. We had problems all the way up until the end. We were hand feeding paper through the printing press in order to make wow. the first round of orders because uh, the uh, the amount of contrast and color on these pages you know was was jamming the presses eh? it was wow just incredible stuff just incredible backstory that's incredible well and 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 so is that the lesson you know to for organizations as well there's a lessons that lesson there as well too right and that's that um this is a process this isn't a you know, okay, or, you know, we're going to hire Brian and he's going to come in and consult for a month and we're going to turn our company around and turn it into a, an experienced based design, you know, uh, company. Um, this is something that obviously needs work and there's a, um, a cultural aspect to it as well as an execution piece to it, uh, to make it happen. And, and just like you, you, dictated with with the book process it seems like that's something that has to happen internal is small changes get buy-in from leadership you know and then and then you can you can start to create 
better and better, um, have better and better impact over time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. I think, I think the problem or the challenge that, that I have and I've seen is that, you know, I think some people just want the easy way out. You know, yeah. they're looking, they're looking for that quick fix. They want that Buzzfeed, you know, story, or they, you know, they, they just want some validation that they're not alone in how they think. But part of the, part of the, the reason we don't evolve or change as quickly as we need to is because we sort of allow that validation to, to ease our drive to fight for change. Yeah. And this is why you see a lot of, a lot of books, a lot of articles, a lot of speeches that just sort of oversimplify things that look at, look at maybe the top 10 ways to, 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 to do this, or, you know, look at these companies that are doing, you know, X, Y, and Z without actually asking, are these companies bringing about the type of change that you're also trying to fight for? Are they just doing really cool things? And is their relationship with their audience or their customer, or their employee, the same as yours? Because this isn't, this isn't going to be a fight one on the, on the backs of others. This is going to be a fight one because you understand at a very empathetic level, what people need, what they're not getting, what they're looking for, uh, who they are and who they want to be. All of these amazing things that should drive you uh, and then give you a sense of purpose uh, to get support within the organization. Look, it's all easier said than done, but this is what I, this is what I do for a living. And I used to consult. I used to go inside of organizations uh, in order to uh, bring about change. I mean, well, my last engagement was an 18-month-long you know, process, uh, and it was incredibly effective, but it was also my last one that I would ever do. Uh, and now I just study it yeah. and, and help at an observer level uh, and come in and, and, and teach consultants then now how to go and bring about that change. But it's all possible. That's fantastic. And, and it, it is, it is possible. And I, 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 again, I applaud you for, um, you know, not just, not just writing about it, but actually doing the work uh, yourself there. Um, I, I tend to see the same thing in our, in our field, you know, in the, in marketing, especially is I see there's, there's a lot of people, um, that just, you know, it's the five-year-old speech, right? They're still doing the five-year-old speech. And the problem is is that five years ago, uh, everything has changed in the last five years. (laughs) And and it's going to change over the next five. Yeah. And so what, what worked five years ago or what worked for you doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for the audience that you're speaking to today. Well, I, I, again, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today, Brian. Um, let me ask you one last question. So people are going to go to Amazon after they hear this podcast, they're going to download, they're going to order, you know, the X, the experience when business meets design. Um, and, and they're going to get it in, uh, let's see, they can get it with two day shipping. (laughs) So they can get it in two days. And uh, as they want to hit January running, what do you want them to walk away with so that they can get started with their businesses? Uh, I'd love for them to walk away with 
a sense of hope that that anything anything is possible. Uh, I would highly encourage anyone who is going to consider uh, reading the book to not buy the Kindle or i iBook version of it. Uh, no, no matter how much you love to read on those devices or the audio version, I don't think there's an audio version yet. Anyway, just step outside of your routine and go through the experience of the book in order to feel the experience and then know at that moment the story that you just heard here of how that book came to life and let it let it inspire you it it, it will teach you the one thing to to do is to break it into small chunks of what you're about to do always have your roadmap how to how to get allies and how to how to bring the right people together to start testing and learning but start smaller uh, have a big vision but start smaller because you can't do this alone. Fantastic advice. Uh, so people need to go to briansolis.com. They can read, uh, absolutely subscribe to your blog there as well. Um, go to Amazon. Like I said, X, the experience when business uh, meets design. Pretty easy, right? Search for X and you're going to find it. Going to pop up right there. So <laughs> Unless you find uh, the, 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 80s, uh, the 80s punk band. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then of course uh you're on Facebook as well as uh, as well as LinkedIn so people can connect with you and follow you. And then um any speaking gigs coming up soon? Oh yeah, yeah. Always always on the road, always always trying to take the uh take the story out there on the road. Uh so hopefully hopefully I'll see you but uh you know worst case is um I'll see you on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, or at briansolis.com, but either way, stay in touch and let's let's all not just change change everything, but let's uh, let's create experiences that matter and that are worth having and sharing. Fantastic! Thanks again, Brian. Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.